Hey everyone, welcome to Cup of Gen episode 9. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about creative blocks. What causes them, what I personally do to combat them, what we can do to kind of unlock our brains and just stay in a very creative space. I think that most of us would agree if you've been a creative for a long time that there are certain things that kind of can feel more emotional or mental and that's usually where the really good creative work lies and yet it's something that we often get blocked, we can't quite get to, we can't quite access. So we're gonna really kind of go into that a little bit. First though, I do wanna give you a bit of a life update on how things have been going for me because I know that for people who've been listening to the podcast on a regular basis, you may have noticed that I haven't really been around for the past two weeks. So just to let you guys know what was going on, I uh, had so many things happen to me, it's crazy. I opened my show, uh, Spider's Web, that was an Agatha Christie theater show that I was doing in Vancouver, and I got to do that for a couple weeks, which is amazing. So I opened that and closed it within the two weeks, and it was very timely, October murder mystery, super fun, and I really, really had a great cast, amazing director, and so we had a really fun doing time doing it. Uh, however, I had lots of lines, and so I was also kind of at peace when it kind of came to a close. I thought, wow, this was a lot of, of energy to sort of exert, but it was so much fun, and I have no regrets at all. Before that, uh, people who are maybe listening from the States or other countries, you maybe won't know this, but in Canada, our Thanksgiving is in October. So on Thanksgiving Day, we had the Thanksgiving Monday, my dog passed away. So that was really, really tough for me because um, his name was Buddy and he has he's a golden retriever and we'd had him here for 12 years. And also the year before that, we had my little dog Tiffany. She was a multi-poo, like white princessy type dog. And she passed away after having her for 16 years. So it was definitely an adjustment, kind of coming back home and realizing that my two dogs aren't here anymore. And the house, we'd had this house that we live in here for just over 12 years, or yeah, actually 12 years as well, but just a couple months more than we had our dog. So Buddy was in the house maybe five months after we moved in here. So it was very strange to come home and not have any dog because it was felt it just felt very empty and felt <laughs> like the energy was sort of different. So that's kind of what a dog can do for you. And it does actually tie in a little bit to creativity, I will say as well, because I had no idea how much I was leaning on my dog for support. We talk about like emotional support dogs and I think sometimes like we kind of joke about them thinking it's a little bit funny, like that someone would need a dog to support them. But truly though, um, I 100% stand behind it because I have uh, just come home so many times just stressed or exhausted or frustrated, um, particularly with my career, just because there are so many highs and lows, which is a really beautiful part of it but it's very unpredictable. And being a creative as a career is very unpredictable. And coming home and just having like a, a 
cuddly dog to just kind of lean on and and be seen by was actually quite amazing and I miss it very much just because they do have a way of interacting with us without needing to use any words and they just understand entirely like what we're going through. So I definitely miss miss him and uh, that was pretty rough to go through right before like tech week was happening for my show and then the next following so that was the Monday the following Sunday was my birthday and I turned 26 so yes thank you so much <laughs> 26 years old woohoo um, but it was definitely uh, an interesting milestone um, because there there was a lot of kind of deep thoughts that I started to have about 26. Something about 25, you're like, okay, I'm kind of evenly in the mid-20s, because really, truly, you are. But when you become 26, you kind of realize, I'm actually now closer to 30 than I am to 20. <laughs> and that felt weird, because I realized that there's so many things in my life that I haven't really been able to accomplish yet. and the sort of left part of my brain, which I'm gonna come back to later, that just wants to like check a list off of things that I've got to accomplish, had a harder time with that. <laughs> but at the same time, I do feel like I've grown up a lot, I've learned a lot. 25 was definitely a year of beautiful highs, went to 10 countries, um, again, like produced short films and, and music videos and directed shows and, you know, acted in a show, uh, well, yeah, we'll say basically almost two because the, the year before I did a show as well. And yeah, it's just been a crazy time of growth and there's been a lot that's happened, but I will not lie. I think that one of the things that I really wanted to show in my podcast is a vulnerability in what it's really like to live the creative life. And I think that you would be lying to yourself if you didn't understand that there were a lot of disappointments and it's difficult and it's hard, but very beautiful and worth it. And I personally believe that I'm called to it. And I think it's totally like, I'm, I'm in love with it. So I have no regrets, but at the same time, it, it's not always, you know, exciting and happy. It, it can also be devastating and frustrating. So yeah, it's been a bit of a milestone to sort of turn 26 in the midst of all the things that I'm kind of doing and learning and growing and then have some of my support pass away just with my dog and you know it is tricky too being in a long distance relationship that I'm that I'm in with my boyfriend who I love and adore and just you know not having that physical presence of comfort sometimes so that was really tricky to lose buddy but regardless closed the show it went amazing so yeah moving on so google if you google this and you ask google what can you do to creatively unblock yourself from, you know, all of that? They actually, <laughs> they have some stuff to say. So here's what Google had to say coming in hot from 2012, okay? Their answers were, they have one, two, three, four, five, five answers to how to creatively unblock yourself, okay? So one is to force yourself to be creative, which is kind of an interesting thing. I'm. I understand what they mean. I'm not sure I agree in terms of, I don't like the word force because I feel like that can, sometimes you put a lot of energy into like forcing something creative and then it just creates more of a tension and more of a stress than it does producing like good work. But 
But what I think they're kind of getting at is sometimes you just have to go out and just like do something and just try it. And I'm going to talk about, about my technique for that later. So force yourself to block out negative thoughts, which I think kind of goes with number one, actually. Three, go for a walk or a run, just get physical activity. Four, take a nap, which I find hysterical that literally Google understands that creatives are so tired that we need to take a nap. And then five, meditate. Um, and these are some of the just kind of generic answers. So one thing that I was thinking about is before going into what I personally do to unblock myself creatively, and I do want to hear also what you guys do, I had to kind of go into it and look at what are the reasons that we get blocked up in the first place. And uh, some of the research I did talked about the different types of blocks. So one of them is you can get a mental block. So that's when you're basically trapped by your own thinking and your own thought patterns that you can't kind of break out of them. So it says you only think in the patterns or in your own patterns, so you can't push past your own limits, or sometimes it's a shut up judge that keeps you from pushing out of your comfort zone. So something that we talked about a lot in university when I was getting my theater degree were shut up judges. So that's that little voice that says like, no, you're wrong, shut up, don't do that, don't do this, don't try that. And especially as an actor, and I, I'm sure like, I'm just thinking about, you know, even like photography or visual art, Sometimes you just have to kind of go with it. And one thing we would call call going with it in theater would be follow your impulses. So when you're a, a young kid in development, we kind of get taught these rules um, to, to sort of keep our impulses in, in check. So that's that teaching is the reason that you don't just sit down in the middle of a grocery store, for example. If you're a young kid and you're tired, well, you'll just drop down right then and there and sit in the middle of the grocery store and that's not a problem for you because that's your impulse. But as an adult, of course, we realize that you can't actually just like sit down in the middle of a grocery store, not at a table, but on the floor. Like that's not a thing you can just do. Um, you know, a lot of these these things teach you how to survive and how to be safe, and they're not negative, but also when it comes to like acting and sort of explorative work or art, you want to be able to open yourself up to all possibilities. I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but in improv, there is something where it's like, just say yes, say yes, yes and. So you don't block down something by being like, no, that's not how it is. You, you, if somebody gives you a prompt, um, then you take that and they say, you know, all right, wife, let's go over here to the store. I don't then go, no, I'm not your wife because that would be blocking it. So I instead go, yes, husband or, or whatever. And, and I, I go forward with their storyline and we create something, we build something together. So I say yes. And then I build on top of that story. And that's sort of, sort of the situation with impulses is you're always kind of following this, this muse. So if you are somebody who has a lot of shut up judges, then you're going to block that. And that, that tends to block you down. So that can be part of a mental block. The other part can be just, again, trapped in your own thinking. So, well, this is the way I've always done it, so I'm not going to do it differently. But actually, sometimes if you do step out of your comfort zone and you try something a little different, do it a different way, it might unlock something for you. Two, 
emotional block. Um, so this is especially true in acting, but I'm sure it's true for other art forms and it, it's really true in writing, oh my goodness, but, uh, and that can be writing for like a play, a book, a song, all of that, but you're scared of what you'll discover or reveal about yourself. Um, so an emotional block is literally like you don't want to go there. You don't want to tap into where something might take you. There is a difference, by the way, I will just say, between being emotionally, uh, I'll put it this way, there is, there is unsafe, like, there is emotionally unsafe, like, I should not, as Janessa, do this or make that move, um, because it's not safe for me, because it's going to actually hurt me, bring up trauma, whatever it is. And then there's discomfort, emotional discomfort, where it's like, oh, you know, oh, that might cause me to do some deep thinking or feel things that I don't want to feel or whatever. And oftentimes we confuse the two. So we'll say, oh, I'm emotionally like not, I, I, I have discomfort here. And so therefore it's unsafe. But actually, sometimes that can be really good for us to go somewhere a little bit uncomfortable for us and push ourselves to that next level and see a new thing. But um, yeah, that's something that you have to kind of decide for yourself about what is something that is is traumatic and what is something that you can actually just just you know work through and, and push through and, and explore. And that requires a lot of of taking the judgments away from yourself. I think so. I want to encourage you in that because that's something that for myself it's really difficult as a writer like if I write things that are at all based on things that I felt or experiences that I've gone through which a lot of writers will use stuff that's happened in their own life in fact I don't actually know a writer who doesn't use anything that's actually happened in their own life and feelings and experiences so when you're like when you're acting and you're in a role and maybe in the role you know your character is having doubts about like whatever their relationship say and you might actually feel like well if I play this character then other people might think that I have doubts about my own relationship and it's like no well that's masked in a character so no we understand that that's a character but for some reason when it's written and you're the writer all of a sudden people get scared like oh what if like they're gonna think that because I wrote this that this is what I believe or this is what I actually am experiencing or think or feel about my own relationship or about my own family or about you know or about God or about my own journey or about myself you know so it can feel like you're revealing something but I don't know, my only thought process there is just to remember that each work that we do, like everybody has experienced some of these things in, in some capacity and that's what makes art so universal and, and beautiful. And actually when you go vulnerable and you let people see some of the dirtier, nastier, frustrating parts of ourselves, they, they feel not so alone, right? So anyway, that's somewhat trying to be encouraging but okay so mental block emotional block third the work habits that you have don't work for you so that's if you are somebody like this is more of a logistical one so either you work too late or too long or not enough 
and then you give up because it's always a grueling process and not a fun release. Um, so, or uh, another thing it said on there was like administration duties sometimes maybe get in the way. So, you know, I do know a lot of people who like, for example, run their own theater company or their own film company and something that can really stop the artistic part is getting bogged down by the logistical things. And oftentimes we don't want to ask for help. We don't want to, uh, yeah, we want to kind of control it, but we're, our patterns of work aren't actually working for us. Or sometimes we just think like, oh, well, we have to work a certain way because that's what we were taught. But actually, you know, there's many different ways to unlock the creative process and what might work for me may not work for you. And what works for you may not work for the next person. So it's okay that, you know, there's different ways of working. Uh, four, personal problems. So creative, like creativity needs focus. Like it requires a certain amount of stamina and just, yeah, focus on the, uh, for, for the time being to just be in and through the art. Um, and if, you, if, if it helps you to treat the work as like a catharsis so that if you do have personal problems, you can put that in to the art, that's the most positive because then it can kind of just release and get kind of put out there. And I think that's the best way um, to express it through art. But yeah, sometimes we allow ourselves, like if we have, you know, problems in our personal life to like really zap our energy and to take away from the creativity. So that's a block. Um, I'll do these last three pretty quickly, but poverty. <laughs> I just laughed when I saw that. I was like, poverty, of course. But poverty, um, they're, they're, they did say like money, of course, is one of them. So you don't have the money to be doing quote unquote what you want to be doing. But it's, it's not just money. It could be poverty of knowledge. It could be poverty of time. Um, so you just feel like you don't have the resources. You don't have the tools to get what you want to get done, done. Um, so what their suggestion was like either just be patient, save the money over time to really consistently save for whatever it is that you want to do. So it might be saving up for that new camera or that new class that you want to do or to take the trip or to get the, the kind of oil paint that you want for the canvas or to get the new Photoshop for your marketing job or whatever it is. It might be something like that. But another challenge could be to work within the constraints of what you have. This was recently posed to me um, by by my lovely boyfriend, James. Um, I was talking to him about how even for this podcast, I'm like, you know, I don't really have the, the tools that I would like to have yet. Like I don't have like a, a really good quality microphone. I don't have like the full on um, like good lighting and, and, and all of that stuff that I would like to have. But what we talked about is just like working with what we do have for the time and, and not allowing that to be a reason to just not do the podcast. Oh, can't do the podcast because I don't have like good enough microphones for it. Well, I have a camera and I do have a microphone on that camera and I have a way of communicating with people and just start work from where you're at. And like when I get the money saved to get the good microphone, then I will, you know? Um, last two, when you feel overwhelmed, that's a block. So it's rather than having a lack of information, it's too much. So it's a block from having too much rather than too little, too many commitments and ideas that the sheer volume of incoming demands and information is too much. 
I laughed so hard when I saw that because that is me. <laughs> That's me. I have, I always tend to have like lots of ideas and then I'll store them away and then it's like there'll be so much going on at the same time that I won't be able to kind of like function um, because I'll be like, ah. And I, there is, I have to be honest that, you know, there is a certain part to my personality that likes, um, it likes that. It likes being the under pressure. It likes um, having a time constraint to be like, I only have this much time to get this done. And that fuels me. That doesn't depress me. That makes me go forward. But sometimes it can just be a lot and it can be stressful. Um, and then the last breakdown would be uh, for a block would be communication. If it's, if you're working with a partner or with a team to make something creative happen. Let me tell you, don't I know it. Everything that I do seems to be a creative thing with other people. And communication is key, man. <laughs> Soon I'm gonna have my bandmate Mark on the podcast and that is a hilarious thing right there because yeah, communication is just everything and we have learned so much how to communicate with our music, um, with what we're doing and it's, it's always like quite the endeavor for sure. Um, funny thing, I never really do my podcast in any particular order, but I totally forgot to say what I'm drinking. I hope that everybody has a cup of something, but I'm having ginger tea and I'm having it in my, um, England cup because I really miss it. And I don't know, over, like it was a year ago that I was kind of, I just got back from my like six week long trip that I did like all over the UK. And uh, I just, I miss it there. I love it. Okay, so next uh, thing to talk about is there are, on top of the blocks, there are some, some lies, I think, that we tell ourselves. And so I kind of wanted to go over them because I think that these are things I've definitely spoken to myself before or thought before. And I just would love to break free of them because they don't have any place in our creativity. Okay, so one of them is... I am not an expert and I don't feel ready, so therefore I'm not ready. I don't feel ready and I'm not an expert, so therefore I can't do it. Well, okay, I, I totally understand wanting to be the best that you can be and part of that is gaining knowledge and being more of an expert. And I understand that, I've talked about this before on the podcast, I think, but uh, my friend Anna Christine and I, we would, we, we're started, like, we decided, like, we're gonna just do a little, like, film company. But what's crazy is we don't really know, like, we didn't anyway know a ton about film. She was a photographer, I was an actor. So I understood, like, film in context of being in front of the camera, but not as much behind. So we had to do research. And yeah, I understand wanting to be an expert, and it would almost be better to find somebody who had, like, all the information and all the knowledge in order to start. But realistically, we decided we're not gonna wait. We're just gonna go ahead and get out there and start learning and become an expert through doing. And I think that really helped us because just because you don't feel ready doesn't mean that you're not ready. And what's crazy is we're actually working on editing our music video right now and we are, <laughs> we're both like, like seriously impressed with ourselves that we have actually got the type of footage that we got just because we didn't we didn't consider ourselves like to be really big filmographers or anything but now we actually have some pretty good content I'm not gonna lie to you 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 can see if you agree when you see the video but anyway 
Um, so that's a lie. It's not true. You might not be ready in time in terms of how you feel, but you might actually, that might be the best place to start from. I will also say that um, there's something about that that denies learning, like that feels like because I don't know everything about it, that that means that like I'm not, it's like a perfectionism thing. I remember when I first got to the first day of my theater degree, I said to my two professors, I said, look, I didn't really do like theater in high school. Like I did it in middle school and I did a bunch of film, but I kind of took a four year break. So I don't know that I'm going to be that good. So I'm kind of like, basically I was apologizing in advance and they were like, right. Well, I mean, that's why you're here and that's great. We are so happy that you know nothing about it because we can teach you. That's like the entire reason that you are here. So you don't need to be an expert before you start something. Um, that was just funny that now I look back and I'm like, why would I apologize for that? But that's very much my personality, so it's okay. Second lie, I'm not good enough and don't believe I can do it, so therefore I can't. It's very similar actually, because it's this idea of like, I can't do it because I am not, like it's not necessarily about an expert. You might be an expert, but you still don't feel good enough. It's a feeling thing. You don't feel um, valid in doing it. You don't feel like you have the presence, I guess, or, or something. You, It's like a, a, a lack of feeling of deservedness. Maybe that's what it is. Like you don't feel deserving to stand up and do what you want to do. And so therefore you can't. Again, it's a thing of like just in a weird way, fake it till you make it. Cause there's a certain level of which you, like it doesn't actually matter in a way whether you do deserve it or not, if you're just doing it. You don't really have time to think about that if you're just in it, you know? So that's something to, 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 to realize is a lie. Um, third, it's not the right time. <clears throat> well, it might not be the right time, but like how will you know until you like try? <laughs> You know, and then four, it's not going to be perfect. So therefore it's not going to work. So they're all very much similar in that there is definitely an excuse and there is definitely, um, sort of a self-conscious, like, a yeah, it's, it's to do with our confidence levels and to do with like a feeling of not belonging to the work. And so therefore like, I can't do it. Like I can't do it. But we want to tell ourselves so often that we can't before we've even given it a shot. And I just think that if we gave it a shot, we might realize that we're actually wrong. <laughs> so here's what I kind of said to summarize it is like, we're afraid of failure and we get overwhelmed by it. We aren't willing to try something new. So we get stuck. We dwell on the past and what worked on and what worked or didn't work in the past rather than focusing on the present creative project. Sometimes we are a bigger enemy of ourselves than the work is. So I just think that if I can encourage, here's what I want to do. I want to encourage myself and I want to encourage you guys at the same time. And what's kind of funny is that I didn't start this podcast for, I don't know, like a good two months, like even though I decided, hey, I think I'm gonna do a podcast. I didn't even start it for like the first two months because I was like, well, I don't know if anyone would wanna listen to me. Um, I don't I don't know if it's the right time. I don't, maybe I'm too late for it. 
maybe I should have started this a long time ago. I don't have the equipment. Um, excuse, 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 excuse. But really, it's like whether two people listen to this podcast or whether 45 people listen to this podcast or whether hundreds of people listen to this podcast, it actually doesn't really matter. What matters is that I needed to do it because I wanted to encourage myself and be vulnerable with like my struggles in hopes that it will in turn encourage you, uh, the listener. So if I just kept giving myself excuses, well, it's never going to happen and I'm never going to know. And you know what? It might not be the right time. It might not be the right, the right thing. You might be boring to listen to. Like, I don't know, but you don't actually know those things until you try and then you learn from it and you get better. But we're so afraid of the risk that we don't want to put ourselves out there. Um, so I just wanted to quickly talk, um, now that I've given some stuff about like online and whatnot that I have found that are some tools for, for what a, an emotional block is. I also wanted to say kind of what I do. So my personal experience, like I, I kind of nailed it down to three, maybe four that I think are helpful. The number one thing is I need to feel a certain level of inspiration before I do something creative. And the thing is, that's hard because you don't always feel the feelings <laughs> with your love of creativity, but um, I just find that I need inspiration. And one of the easiest ways for me to find inspiration is to look at other people and their inspiring work. So be inspired by, uh, by other art is what I do. So the, the, the number one thing I always start with is music. Music. I love music. Some people, it would be something else for them. But for myself, if I need to express something, I just like, I need to hear a song that gives me the opportunity to get out of my head. So I'm very left-brained, right? Like I'm so left-brained. I did like the Will Smith, um, he had on his um, Instagram account, like this picture and it was one of those trick images where some people see some colors and other people see other colors and depending on the colors that you would see like indicated whether you were left brain or right brain and most people if they would meet me and they know I'm creative and whatever they would think that I am a right brain thinker and in some ways I, I can use that side and obviously when, I, when you're being creative you're using your right brain however I'm left brain dominant like no other it's insane like I always want to go into the logic place into the like let's sort it out I want to just kind of have everything in a box and then I can allow that side to open up. So the left brain is the part of your brain that says, here's a parking space, let me park between the lines. The right brain wouldn't care about the lines. And the left brain is really important because it keeps us safe. And for myself, I think there's been a lot of situations in which I have I needed to keep myself safe and I have needed to keep my friends and my family safe and so I got really used to developing that part of my brain. So that's my dominant side doesn't mean that you don't like if you have one side that's more dominant it doesn't mean that you don't use the other but it's just more dominant for me. So when I listen to music it kind of gets me out of this brain space and into something else. And it does it in a way that it's like basically it tricks me because I think with music it's like you know it, there's actually something really mathematical about music you're like oftentimes working in 4-4 four, four time sometimes a different timing but you're 
you're kind of the the patterns of music allow my left brain to be sort of satisfied and shut off and then my right brain can just imagine and feel because it's like the music is the structure that my brain is now inside of i don't know if that makes any sense to anyone but that's how i kind of feel and that's what it is for me it's like music is so important because i can just get inside of it and like release everything else and i can really feel it and that might come down to the fact that I was a dancer for many years. I still consider myself a dancer, even though I don't do it as often, but I grew up in dance. And so that's how I would release a lot of things was before I even had the opportunity of theater and, and acting, I was dancing. So that was the way that I could express myself. Um, so I listen to music, you know, read a book, see what others have done and what's worked, like watching a really inspiring movie that just makes you want to cry or makes you want to laugh or whatever. Um, I think sometimes when you're trying to think of something for so long, you almost can't. It's like when somebody comes up to you and says, whatever you do, don't think of Smarties. By the way, Smarties are these little candies. This is going to be my illustration. This is the one candy after Halloween that my family like just kind of leaves. Like we've already picked over the Reese's peanut butter cups. We've got the O Henry's. We've got the Mars bars. Now there's, this is a Canadian thing, by the way. I don't think they have this in the States, but Smarties, it's a type of candy, a little chocolate thing, basically M&Ms that aren't as good. Okay. So if all I say to you is whatever you do, don't think of Smarties. Don't think about Smarties. Do not think about Smarties, whatever you do. The number one thing you're going to think of is freaking Smarties, guys. And that's because you're so focused on like, don't, 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 that your brain almost like has to break that pattern and says, okay, no, I'm going to. <laughs> and so it's like, if you're like, I just got to be creative. I just have to make this thing work. I have to get this play finished or I have to do this or I have to do that. And you're just like really, again, tensing up your muscles and like frustratingly focusing on it. Sometimes that's the opposite of what will happen then. So you almost have to distract yourself or for, for me that's true so I can kind of get into a different space and allow the creativity to come in. So another thing that I also do as well is like break up my routine, go on like an exploration break. So um, I might go on Pinterest and see if I can't write something down. I, I'm listening to music and I maybe it's classical, maybe it's you know, 21 Pilots, maybe it's Beyonce, I don't know, whatever it is to kind of get in the mood of where you're at, like what you're trying to, the character I'm playing needs that self-empowerment. I might listen to, you know, Beyonce's like Coachella <laughs> performance because it's phenomenal, don't worry about it, or whatever it is. And you might listen to something a bit more sad. I know that 21 Pilots, they just released um, their song, which is crazy, like they remixed some of their songs and they remixed a song called Chlorine that they had on um, their album and they, they're, I think they're calling it the, let me just see what it's called. I cannot read that, but I think, oh, the location sessions is what they're calling it because every, every new song that they've reimagined has been at a different location. So Chlorine was done in Mexico City and it's totally different. It's like, it's usually kind of like a more electronic sort of bop on the album. There's like that rock, like fun, kind of like warped beat. And this one is like more stripped down. There's like piano. It's just like a different kind of feel to it entirely. And I, yeah, so, you know, I guess I'm now going on a tangent, but whatever music inspires the character, inspires where you're at or inspires, um, the writing you're doing, like 
that really helps me or like going on Pinterest and finding some photography on there some images that help like collect my brain of like what my character might look like or finding quotes on there um, or writer writers prompts of just like people other people have written little parts or poetry or whatever and that sparks my imagination and my creativity as well because I'm like oh I've been there I totally understand that poem I totally feel that or that song is making me feel this way and it takes you into more of a deep place and you can get more creative okay so number one be inspired by others works two the art of distraction and getting kinesthetic so for me again left brain what works for me is I have to go for a walk or like I was saying earlier, I, I am still the person who dances in their room. Like, I don't even care what you guys think of me, you guys. I literally, it's not the hairbrush, because we haven't done that since, like, you know, you know, pre-Britney era when you didn't even need a mic because there would be, like, the mic coming, coming, like, in the headset or whatever. So I don't, like, use a, hair, a hairbrush, but I, I'm, like, jamming out in front of my mirror. I don't even care. Like, I am dancing up and down my room. That helps me actually get stress out and like literally get into a creative space like I will dance it out I don't even care I'll do that my whole life and it just helps me because I'm more connected to my body to my breath everything just kind of opens up and if I need to like dance something out and like just you know by the way that I move my body might allow me to get into that space that's huge for me or if I need to like work up some kind of like aggression for a scene I'm in, I might listen to some kind of like heavy metal thing or whatever and just dance it out. I don't even know. There's all kinds of different different ways to kind of get get into your body, but going for a walk is a big one, getting outdoors. I mean, if you want to talk about being creative, go where like the creator is. And to me, like nature really helps you to see that creativity because everything around us is so creative <laughs> like it's insane if you look at even a leaf and you look at the detail in it it's like you become aware of that it's amazing um but just do something like that that is fun for you like have fun so that you can i don't know get out of a stressful mindset and into a mindset that's uh, fun um the last one is and this is what i would we sort of talked about earlier when they were saying force yourself I don't like to say force myself but I do call it the Nike mentality of just do it so you know for example yesterday I was sort of thinking about what I wanted to do for my podcast and I had an idea but it got a bit rambly and I didn't necessarily have like the topic that I wanted to have until like towards the end but I recorded the full-on podcast and then I scrapped it and I think that's great because sometimes I don't know what I really want to talk about until I've done something. And some I, I personally don't see any problem with that. It's like if you want to go out and you just want to try something so that you're unblocked. Because I, I even yesterday was feeling a bit blocked, feeling like I don't really know, haven't done it in two weeks, feeling a bit, you know, lame. I feel like I have so much to talk about. I was the overwhelmed one. I have so much to talk about that I don't even know where to start. So then I just don't start. But it's like, you know, if you just do it and then you just see what kind of comes to the surface as like the main topic, then that's where you go from there. And that's how I got the idea of doing the blocks. Another thing to say about that is like creativity doesn't always end up in a product. And that's okay. Like it doesn't always have to be a finished thing. Sometimes you just got to be creative for the sake of being creative. Um, oh, one more thing about being around... Uh, 
like I was sort of saying it as in like be around other people's creative stuff that they've made like I like I'm saying like with music or writing but sometimes it's also a matter of being around other people who just are creative like other people um, this one's trickier if you are somebody who I would say deals with a lot of comparison um, if like issues with that but for me like I love to be around other creatives because I love to look at them and see what they're doing and learn from them I personally whether they've been a creative for like less time than me or if they've been a creative for like years and years and years I always find it so interesting to like see how other people work like I'm always fascinated and I can look at them and go wow like I'm so inspired by that and I just that's why even taking an acting class, a lot of the times you're watching other people work, you maybe have like an hour of the class for your scene or your monologue or your stuff, and then you'll be watching other people. And I love it because you can learn from other people, like the, the things that they're going through and what they're saying and what they're thinking. So those are my, my top ways to kind of get through a block, which I hope helps you guys. So be inspired by others' work, like listen to the music, listen to the stuff, see the writing, read the book, go outside, whatever. The art of distraction and getting kinesthetic. Do a dance, walk, run, whatever it takes. Um, Nike mentality, just do it. Don't be so afraid of the outcome and making it into a product, but just start. And then fourth, um, be around other creatives and other pro professionals and watch yourself kind of glow up to where they're at. I'm just gonna go through like kind of like bullet point quickly also some other people said the things that they do um, to be unblocked. and. I, I really want to hear what you guys have to say in terms of how you get unblocked because I know everyone's process like we talked about is different. Um, some other suggestions were like let go of comparison, um, get, get visual, draw something, um, divergent thinking, do something that breaks you out of your routine and see how you handle it, write down your dreams, uh, carry a sketchbook, explore other creative disciplines, have some you time, uh, write morning pages. If you don't know about Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, that is a really interesting book. I haven't actually made it through and I'm actually thinking about starting that relatively soon because it's a pretty intensive book where she gets you to do different creative things all the days for like 30 days. All the days? <laughs> like, but it's, yeah, it's intense, but it's a beautiful thing. And then the last one is positive affirmations. Rather than saying to yourself, I'll never finish this project, I'm going to be stuck here forever, you change the language and you say, okay, I am a good writer and I will come up with a creative idea. I've been frustrated before and I will get through it just like the last time. So just kind of like positive affirmations for yourself. Guys, thank you so much for listening and I really hope that you have gleaned something from this, whether it's uh, learning why you're blocked um, in your creative thinking or if it's more just that you are inspired now to like go out and do something creative whatever it is um, I'm really pulling for you and I hope you guys can get out there and do what you love and have fun I think that's a huge part is we're getting we get so stressed about things and I think the good thing about choosing a career in the creative creative sphere and the creative world is that ultimately it's really fun. Like it's hard work and it can feel exhausting and it takes a lot of you. It takes actually almost all of you, like your emotions and your mind and all this stuff, but it's also so rewarding and so fun and it's all of that 
stuff that you've put in, like you reap the benefits later. So it's, it's worth it for me. And I think it's worth it for you if you have been listening along to the podcast and you're creative. So get out and do something today. Go for a walk. Maybe you've been listening to this podcast as you're walking. That'd be great. Um, get yourself a coffee and get to it. Okay. So with me and my England cup and my smarties, I told you not to think about it. Um, cheers. Okay. I'm going to cheers the camera, <laughs> which the focus is just now all out, but okay. Bye guys. I hope you have an amazing week. Be blessed.